0: When we do look into the narrations in Sunni Islam, the first-hand testimonies of these individuals that were close to uh, the Prophet Muhammad in Sunni Islam, we find that uh, they're actually agreeing that the Qur'an was in fact uh, corrupted and that the Qur'an that we have today is not the same Qur'an that uh, the Prophet Muhammad delivered. How's the delivered. Allah, Muhammad, 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 Muhammad,
1: Muhammad, Wa as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: So, Dr. FN, today we're going to talk about a very controversial topic, and that is the topic of the corruption of the Qur'an, and whether or not the Qur'an is uh, preserved. And it is a very touchy topic, and it's a touchy topic because um, the general... Uh, belief that most Muslims around the world hold, whether they're Sunni or they're Shia, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad was given the Quran. The Quran is the final revelation of God. There's no more books or revelations that are coming after that and so for that reason it has to endure the test of time and remain uh, preserved and there are verses in the quran uh, like verily we are the ones who brought down the remembrance and verily we are uh, protectors or guardians uh, of it Uh, these verses are understood by the muslims to be a divine promise from god that he will uh, guard the Quran so that it can never be tainted or go away unlike uh, some of the other Uh, books that have been given to previous prophets and messengers such as the uh, Torah or the Injil, the Gospels Mm -hmm. that were each and every one of them corrupted by the hands of man after the passing of the prophets and the messengers. This belief that books that were given to prophets and messengers were corrupted after the prophets and messengers by the followers of those religions or by enemies that had infiltrated uh, those religions is the main reason why uh, Muslims reject the, um, the books and reject and refuse to read or take from the ideas that are in the Old Testament or the New Testament uh, because of the Quran stating uh, that there were Uh, People that had uh, written the revelation with their own hands or corrupted it and narrations from the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ that stated that there were enemies uh, of Christianity and Judaism that forged verses or corrupted the texts. Muslims recognize that there are differences uh, in the historical narratives that are present in the Qur'an that contradict the uh, accounts that are in the gospels and in the old testament and that's okay for muslims uh, because they believe that naturally any contradiction between the quran and between the uh, the bible is due to the fact that the bible whether the hebrew bible or the new testament was corrupted by people uh, so there's uh, many different ways that a text could be corrupted it could be corrupted uh, in its interpretation and certainly they believe that the priests and the rabbis uh, have corrupted uh, the meanings of the verses by twisting the interpretations and 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 giving meanings to them that it doesn't have and they also believe that there were verses in these texts that were taken out or added to Uh, into it. So just, you know, sections or books that were altogether uh, made up or verses that were made up and and placed in there in order to, for example, make it out to be that Jesus was crucified or that he died for the sins of humanity or that he is the uh, son of God. And Mm -hmm. Christians and Muslims, uh, they debate a lot uh, surrounding this. Um, and Christians also attack Muslims, uh, by trying to find, uh, contradictions or mistakes in the Quran or make the case that the Quran, uh, also is corrupted, uh, you know, and it's not, it's not a real divine book or
1: it, it has in there, um, mistakes. Yes, uh, this topic is indeed controversial. And growing up, you learn first off, straight off the bat, that the Qur'an is the holy preserved word of God, and every single letter is exactly as it descended on the prophet in his heart through the angel Gabriel. And uh, this is not to be questioned in any way, shape, or form. And it is because God himself is the guardian, because it says so in the Qur'an that God is the guardian over this book. So So
0: now we need to look at, um, you know, what the books of the Muslims state about this topic to see whether or not what the Muslims believe is true or not true. And when we do look into the narrations in Sunni Islam and, and the hadiths that are uh, the sayings and the, and, the, and the statements that were made by the companions, the first-hand testimonies of these individuals that were close to uh, the Prophet Muhammad in Sunni Islam, uh, we find that uh, they're actually agreeing that the Quran was in fact uh, corrupted and that the Quran that we have today is not the same Quran that uh, the Prophet Muhammad delivered and that uh, there are things that are missing from it, and we have narrations that are in the Sahih books, uh, in Sahih Muslim, and and other uh, Sahih books of the of the uh, of the Sunni Muslims that state basically that. Uh, There were verses, for example, Aisha talks about a uh, verse from the Quran that used to be a part of the Quran that came down on the Prophet Muhammad, but is no longer there. Um, And that it was uh, a verse that was pertaining to the uh, breastfeeding of adults. And uh, this one, uh, she had it written on a piece of paper, and it was eaten by a goat. Uh, because she had hid it underneath her bed and a goat came across it and ate it. And so, therefore, there were verses, uh, Aisha says, that are missing from the Qur'an. Mm-hmm. This is her testimony.
1: That's a and, huge testimony.
0: And she says also pertaining to stoning. And that's something who uh, which Amr ibn Khattab himself, the second uh, caliph of the uh, of the Muslims, Uh, the second of the so-called rightly guided caliphs uh, for sunni islam and they believe that these guys were um, you know abu Bakr, omar Uthman, and ali that they had divine enforcement and therefore uh, you know they didn't make mistakes and and uh, and uh, omar also states that you know if it that there were verses that he remembers from the time of the prophet muhammad a verse that had to do in particular with stoning and that this verse is no longer there and that if it was there then he would have uh surely implemented uh, stoning as a capital punishment so this is huge because Mm -hmm. you have these two individuals that are really close to the prophet one of them is the a close companion, and the other one, which is the Prophet's wife, and both of them are testifying uh, to this fact. And it's in the Sahih, uh, you know, uh, Sunni book
1: of narrations. Abdullah ibn Abbas reported that Umar bin Khattab sat on the pulpit of Allah's Messenger and said, Verily, Allah sent Muhammad, peace be upon him, with the truth. And he sent down the book. Upon him, and the verse of stoning was included in what was sent down to him. We recited it, retained it in our memory, and understood it. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, awarded the punishment of stoning to death to the married adulterer and adulteress. And after him, we also awarded the punishment of stoning. I'm afraid that with the lapse of time, the people may forget it and may say, we do not find the punishment of stoning in the book of Allah and thus go astray by abandoning this duty prescribed by Allah. Stoning is a duty laid down in Allah's book for married men and women who commit adultery when proof is established or if there is pregnancy or a confession. It was narrated that Aisha said, no doubt, The verse of stoning and the breastfeeding of adults by 10 sucklings was revealed and it was on a paper below my bedding when the prophet peace be upon him died and we were busy a goat entered and ate it
0: then you have
1: then you have
0: companions of the prophet that were narrators uh reciters uh, memorizers of the Qur'an and uh, they testify that there were complete surahs that are missing or there are surahs in the Qur'an that were two to three times larger uh, but it didn't make it into uh, the Qur'an and they specifically recite in writing, it's written uh, verses uh, that they remember from these missing parts. And one of them uh, that's mentioned is a verse that states that nothing fills the belly of the son of man except for dust. And so this verse is not currently in the Quran, but the, the companions of the Prophet are swearing that it used to be, uh, a, it was a verse that they would recite Uh, with the Prophet and that the Prophet would recite. And it's one of those uh, verses that existed uh, in his time. And so uh, the Muslim history preserves and narrates the fact that the Qur'an during the time of the Prophet Muhammad was not compiled by him. It was basically the Prophet was reciting and he had scribes and the scribes preserved in writing uh, the different uh, surahs and the different verses but they were not compiled together mm. so he he there maybe one scribe wrote uh, 10 verses from surah al-baqarah and another scribe wrote 20 and another one wrote 30 and uh, it was it was only after the death of the prophet muhammad that the companions got together and they said hey uh, you know we need to do something in order to uh, you know compile this book together and so they 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 called forward all of the Muslims Mm -hmm. and they uh, had everybody who had written down a surah from the Quran or anything from the Quran they made them bring that forward and then they together decided on Uh, you know, the arrangement in what is known now as the Uthmani version of the Quran that was compiled in the, finally in the time of Uthman ibn Affan, 12 years after uh, the Prophet's death. And and, uh, in it, the Muslims arranged the surahs and, uh, you know, and arranged the verses that are in the surahs, according to how they mm-hmm. best remembered the Prophet having recited them.
1: Wow. It's absolutely uh, stunning to hear the, uh, uh, the fact that such prominent figures as Umar bin al Khattab and Aisha uh, are opening the mind to the notion that the Qur'an could perhaps not be the complete and incorruptible Word of God I mean, that certainly opens the door when they're saying that we remember there were verses such as the ones you mentioned that were part of the original revelation, and now they're not. And Umar bin al-Khattab saying that he wished that he could put this uh, into practice because then it would be in the Quran. So this is absolutely amazing to hear. And I think a lot of Sunni audience will hear it and be shocked, but yet they say that Umar bin al-Khattab is a second, a second rightly guided caliph, and he is saying these words.
0: Yes, he is. And, uh, I mean, shocked or not shocked, I mean, this is what's in their books. Right. So what shall we do? It's not stuff that we're making up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have you have that, and then you have in Shia Islam uh, narrations from the household of the Prophet Muhammad Ali that are validating what is in the Sunni books. Uh, and they state, basically, that uh, after the death of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, The Prophet had given before he died the task to Imam Ali to preserve the Qur'an and to compile it Mm. and to write a version of the Qur'an that was perfect and free from any corruption. And that Ali ibn Abi Talib had with him every single verse of the Qur'an that was reviewed by the Prophet Muhammad before his passing. And so for the six months after his death, it states the narration state that Imam Ali stayed in his house. And during the time that he stayed in his house, he compiled that Quran in its perfect form and that it was much bigger than the version that the uh, general uh, Muslim population had. And when he was completed with it, uh, you know, and and so it had all the verses, all the surahs, and it had in there the interpretation of mm-hmm. the verses and the surahs. Um, Imam Ali took that book and he presented it to the uh, Abu Bakr and Omar. And they refused uh, to take it. And they said, no, 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 Uh, what we have is enough. And they proceeded to compile uh, their own version. And so Imam Ali, who was extremely offended and, and perceived this to be a an act of disbelief really he tells them that okay you nation uh, that has uh, turned its back after the passing of the prophet the, this version of the quran by allah you will never then see again mm. until it is brought forward by the cotton uh, by the mahdi so this notion uh, is present in many of the shia narrations That there is another version of the Quran, and that the companions did compile one, but the one that they compiled was incomplete and full of. Um, you know verses that were mismatched and misplaced and it has corruptions in it and uh, recitations even uh, that were wrong or words in there that were perhaps uh, pronounced wrong or or even uh, that weren't even there on the tongue of the Prophet Muhammad and this other version of the Quran that Imam Ali had is the fulfillment of the promise of God that he would preserve the Quran but he preserves it through a divine Imam in every day and age. So, the idea that the Shia have is that religion is preserved, but through a man, and, and that the man has the true Quran, and that that man was Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, السلام, and then the Quran went to uh, his son, Imam al-Hasan, and then it was with Imam al-Husayn, and all the way passed from one Imam to one Imam until uh, this current day and age, where the Qa'im will bring it forward um, and his companions will even teach according to one narration in the Kufa uh, the non-Arab companions of the Qa'im will teach the Mm. Arab companions the Quran as it really came down and the the idea behind it is that the Arab companions uh, the Arab believers in this day and age are unable to handle this it is too difficult and too hard for them to believe that there's a new version of the Quran but in reality it's not a new version it is the original Version the original Quran that came down on Muhammad but because of the past 1400 years the people uh, believing and holding on so tight to that version of the Quran that this version of the Quran will be the most difficult thing for somebody who has memorized the old Quran to memorize this version of the Quran because their heart is uh, unable to to, uh, accept that. And that's why uh, the hadith of the Ahlul Bayt have also stated that the Quran comes with a new matter and a new book. And he returns Islam back to its original form. Uh, and uh, so we have now Sunni Islam and Shia Islam both verifying this idea or notion that the current Quran Mm. that the people have is not free of Uh, Corruption, but uh, that uh, there is this Quran that in the case of Sunni Islam existed in the time of the Prophet But no longer uh, does now because the people uh, forgot those verses and uh, In in Shia Islam no, that original version of the Quran still exists today but it only exists uh, with the uh, household of the uh, of the Prophet Muhammad and so uh, now we have to examine uh, these statements and and see uh, what it is that we should believe. Should should we believe uh, the hadith from Sunni and Shia Islam and uh, the eyewitness testimonies of the companions of the Prophet and the family of the Prophet mm-hmm. and the people that were living with him at that time? Or should we believe the scholars that were born and, and came uh, 1,400 years after the Prophet that... Um, you know, are telling us that the Qur'an is, is uh, free of any sort of corruption. Right.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to, to hear the, the Shia version of events um, closely parallel what the Sunnis believe. And uh, uh, the, the matter is such that it's a heavy matter. It's a dangerous topic to discuss. And that's why you don't hear it first off, that the, the Shia also believe that, uh, well, they clearly do mention that uh, the Imam Ali had another version of the Qur'an. But when you initially talk to them, they're they're kind of guarded about this uh, issue. But it says very clearly that the the Imam Ali has the true version of the Quran and it was preserved in the line of the Imams from the family of the Prophet.
0: Yeah, and it's not just uh, Shia, uh, uh, like uh, Shia people. That, and it, by the way, most of the Shia people, they believe that there's only one Quran, and it's the Quran that's here, just like the majority of the Sunni population. It's just those who are learned, mm. those who know the narrations, uh, they believe that, uh, no, uh, this Quran is not the true Quran, the true ones with Imam Ali. And uh, also uh, learned scholars of Sunni Islam, although few, Uh, They do also believe and would validate uh, what I'm saying. And anybody could validate what I'm saying by just going to the uh, Sahih Hadith. Um, But you have these other scholars that have kind of, uh, you know, they just disregard this notion uh, and they continue to claim that uh, there's only one copy of the Quran. So now uh, what we have to do is, I think we have to do a little bit of, of, uh, you know, experimentation and research uh, for our own selves. And and, uh, in order to prove uh, to the viewers uh, that, uh, you know, what the companions and what the family of the prophet was saying was true, Um, we're going to turn their attention to the screens now where we're going to be placing on the screens side by side uh, these two different um, versions of the Qur'an that you can find being sold until this very day in the Muslim countries. And you can order, anybody can order uh, these versions of the Qur'an online. So there's a version of the Qur'an that is by Hafs and there's a version of the Qur'an that's by Warsh and uh, these two versions of the quran when you put them side by side you will see that there are stunning differences uh, in the verses in not just one location but in many locations and in the letters and there's even words such as and that are missing uh, from one version uh, to another and there's even a particular verse that is, um, you know, uh, very much different than the one that's in the, the other one. And so what are these uh, versions of Hafs and Warsh? Basically, uh, in the time of the Prophet, in the narrations, it states that uh, there were several different ways that the Prophet, when he was reciting the Qur'an, that he would recite, recite it. Mm. Um, so sometimes he would pronounce the words in a certain way. And in... Other instances, he would uh, pronounce them in a different way. And these became known as the different readings of the Qur'an. So, uh, and this is generally accepted by all Muslims, that there's different ways to recite it. And you have instances and you have recordings even of famous reciters such as Abdul al-Basid, Abd samad and Mcheawi or Al Husari, that when they are reciting the Quran in the in, they would repeat the verse two to three times. Each time, pronouncing or enunciating the words in a different way, mm. in order that um, uh, they they make multiple readings recitations uh, in the same recording that they were having. And so, there's different ways to uh, uh, recite. But what most people don't know is that there was actually writings and versions of the Qur'an that were also different. And so these famous reciters of the Qur'an, Hafs and Warsh, they each one of them, there was a Qur'an that was written according to... Uh, their recitation and then one person's recitation to the other uh, words would have a different meaning or there would be missing uh, letters or uh, differences in the in the uh, in the writings itself yeah so that's that's quite shocking i think to to most muslims and now we we've proven that um, this idea that there is only one version of the quran that's available in the world Mm -hmm. that is that is um, the same. It's that just one it. uniform mm-hmm. text to that it, it, down to every single Fathah, damma, kasra, every single letter, every single Hamza, that it is the same. It's not. It's not. Now we have multiple uh, versions of the Quran that you can have access to even today, which further proves the claims and the case that the companions were making that uh, there 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 is uh, things that are missing uh, from the quran because if it was from god it would be only one but because there's multiple versions so one of the versions there there has to be a a human influence at the at the very least
1: yes fascinating and i was like you spoke about the Uh, Abu Bakr and Umar, and I think if we just go a little bit forward, the Sunni kind of books of history record this event with with Uthman bin Afan, uh, as he uh, noticed the Islamic empire growing and new converts from different nations going, there was a concerted effort by him to try and have one uniform version of the Qur'an, which he had uh, written by uh, certain scribes and then disseminated to Damascus, Kufa, and Basra. And the idea was that you would get all of the, these alternate versions and, and burn them so that they would be in the name of not having confusion and to have unity. And actually, they also document that particularly in Kufa, people were reluctant and resisting this, this move to burn the alternate versions of the Quran. So even history kind of documents this, uh, uh, what you're saying. And I think anybody who has time can look this up very easily. It's not something that's contested by the Sunnis.
0: There are people that have pointed out that in the Quran, there are huge mistakes and contradictions, and the enemies of Islam, or the people that are trying to debunk debunk Islam as a religion altogether, will use these historical inaccuracies or fallacies as proof that the Qur'an is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. And the uh, response would always be from the Muslims that it is, no, it's your books that are corrupt, the Gospels and the Torah. And for that reason, um, you know, uh, you're seeing inconsistencies or historical inaccuracies. It's from you guys it's not from us, mm. uh, but if we take seriously the narrations that are present in Sunni Islam and Shia Islam, uh, and we assume that okay, well, these companions they compiled the Quran in a way uh, after the Prophet died that they themselves were even unsure of, and they themselves are uh, claiming that you know there was things that were missing from, uh, then we have to we have to consider that maybe. Uh, if their words are true then the historical inaccuracies the fault is the is is the fault of the Quran that the Quran actually is the one that has historical inaccuracies in it due to uh, their compilation of the Quran not because Islam is not from God and also not because it is uh, necessarily um, fixing something that was wrong in the Torah. Or in the Gospels, mm. and so uh, some of these examples of the contradictions or historical inaccuracies, inaccuracies is the is the story of Gideon and Saul in, in the Quran. So in the the Old Testament, there is the story of a. King who is named Saul, and he's living in the time of Samuel, mm-hmm. and this is in the in the in in the time of King David, and they're all existing at the at the same time period, and the Israelites had went to uh, this prophet and they asked him to have God appoint over them a king, and so he appoints for them. Uh, Saul. And Saul was taller than the rest of the Israelites. And he was such a good looking uh, individual, uh, the Old Testament uh, says, and very smart. Mm. Okay. All right. And then over here in the Quran, you have a story about a, a the Israelites going to a prophet, and they're asking that prophet, although his name is missing, and it's Samuel, mm. they ask him, Uh, to appoint over them a king King, and then it says and so god appointed over them talut Mm. and talut uh, in the quran they say that god uh, you know he he gave him great figure and uh, and great knowledge so the description of talut is the same description as Mm -hmm. as saul all right although saul in the arabic version of the bible is Shaul and not uh, Talut, but mm. nonetheless the description of Talut is the same as the description is, uh, of, of Saul, and the, the incident of the Israelites Uh, asking their prophet over here it's the same as the Israelites asking uh, Samuel so it's clearly the same story except that the story of Talut continues on and he ends up having uh, you know an army of his that have to cross over this river and they're giving the command not to drink from the river Right. right they're tested and tried with Drinking from the river and whoever drinks from it is not from him and they fail. And uh, whoever only drinks from it, uh, you know, whoever whoever drinks from it fails. And whoever drinks from it a little bit is okay. But whoever abstains from it, these are the winners. And we have that same story in the Old Testament. But it's not about Saul. Uh-huh. It's about another uh, prophet in another time period, whose name is Gideon. Okay. Uh, he's actually one of the judges of the Israelites who lives uh, way before uh, the time of, of Saul. Right. And so uh, it, it's the, the Quran now has taken the story of Gideon and his soldiers crossing the river and the story uh, of, of Saul and meshed them together as if they were one person in the person uh, and in the narrative of the of the story of Talut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this is a problem. Right. Another problem is is the is the or or historical um, you know discrepancy between the Quranic narrative and the Judaic uh, Christian narrative is the the narrative and the story of Pharaoh and Moses. Uh, in there, you have uh, you have Pharaoh in the Quran having a sidekick who's called uh, Haman, and Haman right. is telling him, uh, you know, giving Pharaoh advice, and Pharaoh asks Haman to build this great tower so that he can go up and peek on, you know, on the, on the God of Moses, uh, except that in the Old Testament, um, Pharaoh doesn't build this tower to look at the God of Moses. The tower that's built is the Tower of Babylon. Right. And right. and Pharaoh in the in the Old Testament doesn't have a sidekick called Haman. Haman is a is a different character that appears in a different time period in a different country. Okay. Uh, in the Old Testament, so Haman is, is in the Old Testament, but he's existing somewhere else. So the name Haman is there. He's there, uh-huh. but he's just a totally different character. Okay. Uh, in a different story it has to do with different people in a different country, uh, Mm. speaking a different language than what's taking place uh, with Pharaoh in the time of Moses in Egypt. Uh, So this is a very big problem. Uh, Another uh, historical discrepancy between the two is this idea that Mary Mary, the mother of Jesus, has a brother. She's referred to in a verse in the Qur'an, as uh, the sister of Aaron. When they're talking to her, they're like, oh, sister of Aaron. And it's talking Mm -hmm. about Mary in the context of the story of Mary, mother of Christ. Right, right. Except that in the Old Testament, uh, Mary doesn't have a brother called Aaron, but there's another Mary, Miriam, Miriam. because over here in the Quran, Mm -hmm. Mary... In Arabic is medium. Right. and over here there's Mary mother of Christ but there's also Miriam who is the sister of Aaron and the sister of Moses, Moses. Right. alright and so oh. she's a famous Miriam that has a brother called right. Aaron but over here what the Quran seems to do is to confuse these
1: two stories uh, uh, characters and mesh them yes. together and the gospels of uh, I think there's no mention in the gospels of uh, her having a brother Mary no. uh, Aaron. No. so that's very interesting
0: yeah, it is interesting. So um, in the apparent, if you're looking at it, a non-biased look without, uh, you know, uh, putting in there your own beliefs uh, or feeling sensitive by it, if you're examining it, um, you know, as a, as a truth seeker, you will automatically come to, uh, you know, one of a couple different conclusions. Uh, first conclusion, as a, as a historian, you would say, um, you know this version of the story is older, and in in you know all historians will take the older version as the original. So if there if you have an Egyptologist uh, and he's and and we have one uh, Hadil's father uh, mm-hmm. Salah, and, and we've discussed uh, you know how it is that uh, they these Egyptologists they um, they determine what is the factual story. Um, when they're when they're examining different uh, historical narratives or stories that are appearing in different time periods in ancient Egypt, and uh, he states that uh, obviously the older one is the is the original one. Right. So the older you go back, the more that you believe in it and you accept it as the original. And anything that contradicts that later on in history, they don't see it as a correction. They see it as like. the the details got lost throughout time so the story became corrupted kind of like that game that children play when they whisper something in Uh, the ear of the chinese whispers and then by the time Mm. it gets all the way around uh, the circle it becomes something else so if you're going to look at it Mm. scientifically speaking then the old testament and the new testament um you know are the, the sources that are true and accurate and the Qur'an was uh, obviously that Muhammad's not a prophet. Um, Muhammad ali had, uh, you know, gotten his facts wrong when he was writing the Qur'an. He mm-hmm. just, um, you know, he didn't know anything and the people that he was preaching to, also they didn't know, know anything, anything, so it kind of worked. Right. Or if you're going to accept the fact that what the companions testified to and the, the household of the Prophet Testified to that there was corruptions in the Quran. And that it was compiled by humans after the Prophet left. And they arranged things according to how they saw fit or how they remembered it. And we leave this door open to the possibility of human corruption and interference in the Quran. If we accept that, then this becomes a very natural uh, thing that we can accept And if one day the original Quran comes with the Qa'im and it corrects the idea and it says, actually, no, that verse was misplaced. Uh, or that verse was, was, yeah, it was talking about, um, it was a verse that came in a different place and it was mm. talking about uh, Miriam, Mer- the sister of Moses, Moses and Aaron, and not talking about Mary, this, the uh, the mother of Jesus, but the companions, they didn't know any better. So they took that verse from mm. here and they put it over here. Then in that context, uh, you know, it would make sense. And and, and if we believe that narrative, it would, be, it would make
1: sense that the column will come and correct some of these things. Wow. How can you not be open to this uh, notion that uh, in the context of what you've said, that this is a possibility, it's a very real possibility. And I think people uh, who study history with the, the source evidence that you said, uh, with the original source being the most authentic or strongest and the more recent ones, less reliable than you have to at least be open to that idea.
0: Yeah, well, it's only, you know, it's only one of three explanations. You know, it's either there, there is some corruption in the Quran and, and this is why these inconsistencies mm. are there, or uh, it is the fact that, uh, you know, the Bible and the Torah had it wrong and the Quran has it right on every single one. And so Mary did have a brother uh, called Aaron and, uh, and you know, Haman did live uh, with Pharaoh and, uh, you know, that the Jews just made up, they split the character of Saul and they made him into a new character and made mm. up Gideon and, Seems and, absurd, and, and and they made up a whole new story about Haman somewhere else but, and they took him away from Pharaoh and they put him over there. So it's, uh, you know, it's either that, um, the Bible's right or the Quran's uh, right or um, that the Quran is right, but it's preserved with its, with its family, with its household, uh, because the Muslims rejected it. And so the version that we have now, uh, it's not the complete, uh, authentic, uh, incorrupt version. And I think that that is... Um, the likely explanation, and that's where all of the evidence is pointing to, and that's what gathers all of these uh, narratives together, and and that's what is acceptable, even logically speaking. Uh, You have inaccuracies, okay, Uh, contradictions, where are they coming from? Well, at least some of them are coming from where the companions and the the household of the Prophet are telling us that they came from, and they came from the Muslims who did not know the Old Testament and the New Testament, and uh, they were basically in a power struggle after the death of the Prophet, and they compiled it as they wished to compile it. But yet, God will preserve the Qur'an and has preserved the Qur'an and will bring forward the Qur'an in its pure form uh, in the time of the Quran.
1: Can't wait for that time. Fascinating.
0: Well, God bless you, Dr. Fed. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for joining me. And uh, we
1: look forward to uh, hearing what our uh, viewers have to say about that. And I'm sure we'll get a huge number of comments, but it's, it's good. At least they'll open to the idea. Very compelling evidence. Thank you. Thank you.